If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. You just found the world's number one fitness, health, and entertainment podcast. This is Mind Pump. Right in today's episode, we talk about how to bulk the right way. How to do this the right way. Gain muscle, not body fat. Speed up your metabolism, not your scale. It's a great episode. We think you're going to love uh, what we talk about here. Now, uh, this episode is brought to you by some sponsors. Oh, real quick. You guys ready for this? The Black Friday sale is right now. Check this out. All MAPS programs, including bundles, everything, 60% off. We do not do sales like this ever. This is the biggest sale of the year. By far, you won't see this again until maybe next Black Friday. Again, 60% off every single MAPS program, including bundles that are already on sale. So if you're interested, go to mapsfitnessproducts.com. Use the code Black Friday for the discount. Okay, back to the sponsors. With this episode is brought to you by Seed. Seed is a company that makes uh, the, some of the best uh, probiotics you'll find anywhere. In fact, it's the best one I've ever used in my entire life. If you want improved health, digestion, and skin, try Seed. Go to seed.com forward slash mind pump. Use the code mind pump for 20% off your first month of Seed's daily symbiotic. All right, here comes the show. If you bulk properly, you really can perform some magic on your body. You'll build muscle, speed up your metabolism, have tons of energy. Here's the problem. Most people do it wrong. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about how to bulk the right way and how to avoid doing it the wrong way. Yeah. Who's that, whose idea was this? Andrews? Don't this dirty Andrews. bulk. Yeah. So I think selfishly, he just wants to hear this. So he he wants to bulk himself. He's getting ready to go to bulk. You know what? Tells you know, us, oh, the analytics says that we should do a bulky yeah. episode. You know what I was thinking about? Like we talk a lot about, because uh, that's the number one goal, right? Is to lose body fat. So cutting and how to do that right. And how so many people do it wrong and what happens if you do it wrong. Just as many people bulk wrong. You know yeah. what I mean? It's all. It's also just like with cutting, there's a right way to do it. And then the wrong way gets you very little if <clears throat> results at all in the direction you actually want to go. You can be quite, it can be an illusion in terms of mm. what you think you're actually accomplishing with your bulk. And it can set you back quite a bit. So, I actually well, think this is one of the the bad things. Um, you know, we, we talk about the pros and cons of like, um, like the bodybuilding industry and how it's brought yeah. so many good things to the space, right? I mean, I, I love the bodybuilding community, but this is one of the things I think that uh, <clears throat> I, I blame us for that because in when you look at the, the them as like they're the ultimate cutters and bulkers right yeah. like we're where we look for like who's doing it the best right. like you you would look to the bodybuilding community and in the bodybuilding community it's still very popular to dirty bulk to because you get so shredded you you have so much more you can get away with so the average consumer and I mean, this is where the the birth of cheat days and cheat right. weeks yeah. and yeah, that, that type of philosophy came from the bodybuilding community. And it's bled its way into like you know yeah. general population of oh, like it's now got out that bulking and cutting is is a good thing to do. And so who do we look to? We look to the people that are the professional in that in that arena, which is the the bodybuilders. Mm -hmm. Oh, how do they do it? And unfortunately, most of them. Of course, I'm overgeneralizing. There is always a percentage of people that I think are are doing it the better, safer, healthier way. But for the most part, it's really, it's so common practice that competitors would be talking about, 
and showing pictures of what they were going to be destroying like after a competition. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like they go shopping like weeks in advance and they would stock. It's I also, mean, also because bodybuilders, especially competitive ones, have really good muscle building genetics. Uh, many of them diet so hard before a show that they, you know, dare I say, can get away with a, more of a dirty bulk, if you will, than the average person because their body's like basically so. Depleted. That's exactly why. It's because they can, they can eat like an absolute asshole for an entire week straight and still stay leaner than the average yeah. person who's trying to yeah. lose body fat in the gym. And then the other part of this is when people do decide, okay, I'm going to try and gain some good weight. I'm going to try and eat in a surplus. It's hard to not go from, hey, I'm always watching what I'm eating so I don't gain too much weight to, hey, I'm going to bulk and build muscle. It's hard to do that without going, oh my God, the the the, the reins are gates off. are open. Let's go, yeah. right? Like I, this, this, that's the name of the game. And you get away with it for like a week, right? Or yeah. two. Where you eat so much food and you're like, wait a minute, I'm not gaining tons of body weight. Well, there's like, a lot more on? justifying, I think, that happens too. It's like, well, I just need the calories. And so it's not really, there's not like a quality control in terms of a lot of the types of calories you're consuming. I just need more because I need to gain the weight. And they are seeing uh, things move in terms of the scale. So they'll see like some weight gain. and But, you know, really assessing what type of weight they are putting on is is you know where they're totally missing the mark well speaking more towards the the bodybuilding community and the psychology that was going on i i remember being really fascinated with um as i was eating this crappy food you know like a day or two afterwards it, it I was feeling and looking better too because yeah. you were so depleted. You went from starving. So there's a bit of a, there's a there's a, a, a bit of a psychological phenomenon that happens too. Is that even though you get confirmation bias, you too. do you get a yeah. confirmation bias that oh this isn't just okay this is good for me my workouts are better mm -hmm. I look better like you have to kind of stay there for because like we talk about all the time right it's unhealthy to be three percent body fat as as it is unhealthy to be thirty percent body fat. And so, and the body knows this, right? And so it totally responds to the, the like this flood of calories. Finally, it's like, oh, yeah. thank God. You don't filled out. Yeah. And so you, you feel, you feel good. It actually takes a while of eating like that before you start to go yeah. the other direction. So it is a bit of a confirmation totally. bias. And you, they're the ones giving out the information. Now the average person doesn't do that, right? The average person doesn't get down to 3% body right. fat. The average person, in fact, the average person may be thinking, why should I bulk at all? Like my goal is just to be, lean, fit, and healthy. Mm -hmm. um, so bulking, when you do it right, is actually quite incredible. Like if you do it right, you're going to increase your strength. You're going to build more muscle than you did before. You're going to feel better. You're going to boost your metabolic rate. Like a bulk done properly uh, produces some pretty favorable results. Even if your goal is just to be lean, mm -hmm. even if your goal is just to be lean, having more strength, more muscle and a faster metabolism will only make that easier. And then of course, if you want to build muscle, well, yeah, now this is where you need to go. But also it feels good. Like being in a good bulk, you'll have more energy, you'll feel more calm and you'll feel better than you did at maintenance or at a deficit. If you do it right. Now, if you do it wrong, it'll feel terrible. Well, you're feeding the muscle. I mean, you're building. Your focus is on building and gaining strength. And I, I think that at some point we talked about this as need, needing to be rebranded at some point. So yeah. Like bulk, because I know for especially for the female side, it's like that's another deterrent is just like the name of it. Well, I don't want to go to bulk. And it just sounds like you're going to turn into this big 
you know, meatball. Uh, but really it's, it's, you're building muscle. That's the focus. So you're not depleted. You're not like refraining from feeding yourself, uh, you know, as you're training and being active, you're promoting the building materials for you to, to then really kind of utilize that and, and help to build muscle. I also think it's another area where I don't actually think that we all the way fully understand all the benefits of this too. I mean, the metabolism is such an, an interesting thing. And when you, I, the idea of eating the same foods all the time consistently to me, just it seems a bit obvious that wouldn't be ideal and that challenging the metabolism in ways where you overfeed it a little bit for for small periods of time and yep. then you underfeed it small. It's it very be, logical. To me, like every other system of that's the body. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of what has been we've we've started to piece together about our bodies. Your your immune system is like that. Your muscular system is like that. Like you have all these systems, I would think that it would, you know, regardless of what you want to happen aesthetically from it, whether you know bulking mm -hmm. or cutting is going to make you look a certain way. I think it's healthy to challenge the metabolism north and south. If and you do a, if you do a bulk properly and for the right person, so the context works, they will notice improvements in hormone profile. So in fact, if I worked with a male or female client where they had hormone issues and they were chronically dieted or overtrained, a bulk was a part of the protocol. And that is, it was a key part of the protocol to help regulate and balance the hormones. And I would always work with a functional medicine practitioner in conjunction, but that was part of the process. You'll notice improvements in sleep. You'll notice improvements in mood and libido. In fact, uh, you know, eating a chronic deficit or being overtrained um, or both at the same time kills your libido. So when you do this right, you feel amazing. I used to love doing this, especially with female clients, because I think women in particular are more likely to shy away from eating in, in, in a calorie surplus or, or trying to, at yeah. least planning to. And so when we would do it, they were always a little apprehensive, but then they were always two weeks into it, three weeks into it, like, whoa, I feel so good. Oh my God, this is amazing. I have so much energy. I feel so great. But again, if you have to do this the right way because it's really easy to go from, well, I'm eating X amount more calories a day. I'm eating more than I did before. I feel yeah. good. You know what? Let me slide in the that, so that bag of chips. Uh, let me have some of that pizza. Let me have some of that burger. And it doesn't really affect me negatively at first. So I'm going to keep going. And then it's easy. It's very easy to go from doing it the right way to doing it the wrong way. And then you get all kinds of, you get all the negatives that uh, anybody gets from overeating. You get lots of negatives. You don't build the muscle. Um, you know, doing it right, doing a proper bulk results in, in minimal fat gain. Now, fat gain is uh, basically inevitable with a good with a good bulk. You're going to gain some body fat or maybe not gain any body fat. Definitely not going to lose body fat for, for the most part. But you should you could expect to gain some, but it's going to be minimal. Like what you shouldn't expect is that you gain ten pounds on the scale and half of its body fat. Like that's that's not a very good bulk. Or, you know, what I used to do when I was younger, you know, I gained ten pounds and eight of it was body fat, and I gained maybe two pounds of lean body mass. Maybe one of it's water, so I gained like one pound of, of lean body mass. Yeah. This is what happens to a lot of people when they try to you know go on a bulk and they do it uh, the wrong way. You know, I'm helping my my sister in law out right now. And I'd like to hear maybe how you guys communicate this because back to my point about I feel like we still are, are still learning so much about the metabolism and I still haven't figured out how to communicate uh, what happens in this case, right? And tell me if you guys experienced this, I imagine you have, where I have a client like her who's eating a thousand calories a day and she's exercising and she's moving. She's moving 
seven to 10,000 steps a day on average. She's eating around a thousand, a thousand calories and she consistently stays there. And she just, she just can't seem to budge or, or move anything. And she wants to lose weight. And I've had this happen so many times where I take a client like hers, slowly convince her that we're going to go on a bulk, which she really has never really done. You know, she's always trying to either she's not paying attention, not tracking, not eating, not exercising, not doing anything right and putting on body fat or she's in a cut. That's yeah. like the two, the two modes, right? Never a scheduled mm -hmm. plan. Yeah. Bulk. Never like a like structure of I'm going to increase calories and try and build muscle. That's never been a part of the strategy. So trying to explain that to her and, and, and tell her the things that we need to focus on. Of course, it's like we always talk about the protein and things like that because she's way under, but what I'm getting at is this phenomenon that happens where I get someone like her to start to be focused like that for let's say four weeks of this like bulking and training. And we, and we get her calories just say up to like 1500 or something with not gaining any weight. And then also explaining to them like, that's such a huge win for us. And then bringing them back down to where they were. And then all of a sudden they, they just start to drop weight Yeah, like that. How do you communicate what is going on there? Cause we obviously didn't build, enough muscle to metabolize that many more yeah. cal calories. You know what I'm saying? Like is what happened? I've seen this happen time and time same, again. Same. And that's why I think this is so important to communicate this because I know there's a lot of people that listen that they do, they do not have any desire to go up in weight. And the, the thought of adding calories seems so counterintuitive. Yeah. The mm -hmm. best explanation I've heard, because again, the metabolism is very complex. Okay. So it's not as easy as going, you have this much lean body mass, uh, therefore you'll burn, you'll burn this many calories. It, it doesn't work that way. We know this. We know that you could have two very similar people and have two completely different basal metabolic rates, okay? So the best explanation I've heard is that you have a range of calories that your body will burn with the same lean body mass. And your body can decide, uh, you know, based off its environment and the signals it's being sent, to become more or less efficient. Yeah, break that down a little bit. Meaning like environment, meaning like, you know, how stressed are you right That's now? That's right. Yeah. Are you sleeping yeah, really your hormone well? profile, your stress. All day long. Yeah, your sleep, you know, your exercise or the kind of exercise you're doing. That'll tell your body, hey, be more efficient with calories. So try to store every single one we possibly can and don't burn any extra ones. Or be less efficient with calories. Hey, this is an environment where we could totally be less efficient. What's more important is that we fuel our bodies for energy or maybe produce heat or whatever. So you can become less efficient. So it's more or less efficient with calories. So it's like having a, an AI car that, you know, can decide to burn more or less gas with the same size engine. It's you know, almost except like it's survival people. mode or thrive mode. It's like one or the other. It's like it flips. Like when you when your body's like uh, it's just not available. So we have to like keep uh, you know this energy. We have to store it up. Oh, as much as we well, can. it's being it's being stressed from so many different things. Lack of sleep, stress at work, stress in your home, Too much life, stress or exercise like crazy, and yeah. so it's under attack. Yeah, constantly. Mm -hmm. and, and then and then on top of that, you are nutritionally stressing it by giving it very little calories. Very low calories also normally equates to a nutrient deficiency because you're not getting proper nutrients or, or uh, nutrients that your body needs to function properly. Mm -hmm. And so it's got this stress all the way across. Mm -hmm. Or so what you're telling you is like, hang on to yeah. any sort of energy. Everything's just gripping for you, your life. Yeah, because yeah. you're hitting. And I don't know how many times this has happened where I actually have just dialed in a few of those things, feed this person a little bit, and actually on the way of a calorie increase, see weight go yes. down. Have you ever yes. seen this happen? Yes. Where all of a sudden I go, hey, training seven days a week plus the hour cardio we're seeing today, we're gonna we're gonna drop that all the way back to like three, four day a week strength training, no intense cardio, just walking. Yeah. And I actually want you to bump your calories and then we start and to see leaner. and they go and they go leaner. down in body yeah. fat. It's yeah. a trip.
Yeah. yeah no, explain, seen, explain that. I've seen that you before. Know? And again, it's the body adapting and becoming more or less efficient. Look, here's the bottom line. The bottom line is the environment of a, a calorie surplus or the environment of a, of a bulk, okay, proper bulk with the proper type of exercise is the environment that gives you more energy, uh, improves vitality, it builds muscle and builds strength. Okay, so that's the environment. If you're trying to, to boost your metabolism, uh, balance your hormones, improve energy, if you're trying to you know, uh, build muscle, that happens in a bulk environment. That's, that's when that happens. All of those things are very challenging to create in an environment where the calories are not at a surplus or almost impossible. Some people argue it's impossible. I don't necessarily think so because the body has an interesting way of adapting in some cases, but it's very hard. Like try to speed up your metabolism, build muscle, increase your energy in a calorie deficit. Good luck with that. That's like uh, trying to turn you know lead into, into gold, right? Yeah, it's like alchemy. Alchemy. Right. So this is the environment. So if you're trying to get any of those things, you're like, look, I want more energy. I want more strength. I want to build muscle. I want a faster metabolism. So being lean is easier. Well, then the bulk is for you. It's not just for somebody who wants to just gain weight on the scale, right? So uh, I think it's important that we talk about the right way to do this because although calories are very important when you're talking about a bulk, if you ignore everything else, then you're going to be in trouble. What ends up happening is you just look at the weight gain on the scale and there's really no quality to the calories and you don't focus on your workouts like you should mm -hmm. because your workouts are what are going to send the right signal to say, hey, extra calories, turn it into muscle. Otherwise, extra calories turn into body fat, right? So all these things have to be considered. So I think we should talk about the, the you know, the kind of the factors of a, of a proper bulk. The first thing is, is the type of calorie surplus um, or how much of a calorie surplus. You know, in my experience, it's about three to 600 calories over maintenance. Mm -hmm. That seems to be right where you get, if when everything else is done right, you get that sweet spot of muscle gain with minimal or no fat gain. Yeah. And I think there's an individual variance to that, of course, but I think that's a, a valid range because anything in excess of that, like a thousand or so, it's like, you know, that your body is just um, at that point, like we don't want to get to the point where we're gaining too, too quickly. And I think yeah. like drawing it out further is really going to help your body to process it all and synthesize and, and, you know, utilize it for uh, what the work you're presenting it with. Um, so to, to kind of start on a more um, of a smaller side and really see how your body starts to kind of trend with that, I think is a smart Yeah, Well, here's what's it. important with that. It has to be consistent. Cause I know that there's people out there, especially guys who are like, well, if I'm not at a thousand plus calorie surplus, I don't gain any weight. Well, look, I've worked with a lot of people and I've had experiences with myself. The truth is it's not consistent. The reason why they think that is because they do a thousand calorie surplus. Yeah five days a week, yeah. but then two days a week, they're, they're not. And really it averages out to like 400. I, I was just going to address this. Like I was, the same thing was going through my head when Justin was saying that is the, and the reason why I don't like giving like a generic number like this is I think the first step before even saying this is that most people don't do is to actually track themselves for a couple of weeks. Yeah. How do you know yeah. what a surplus is? Yeah. At, it's at, at, at one, anytime I'm about to go on any sort of a, a cut or a bulk where I'm, I'm intentionally trying to gain weight or to lose, lose body fat. The first thing I always do is re recalibrate. And to this day, okay. 40 something years old, been doing this for 20 something years. It's fucking different every time. 
So to think that you like you knew what it was before, so let's do it again. Yeah, it's ne- it's almost never the same. Yep. Yeah. My my steps are changing. My my daily habits and routines have changed. My sleep is different. My my eating patterns have been different. The amount of lean body mass I have this time versus the last time that I was two hundred thirty pounds different. Like it's there's so many factors that change that number, and so I throw all of it out the window and just go. I'm gonna eat when I'm hungry. I'm going to make good choices when I do that for, I'm going to be dialed for two weeks and I'm, and I'm just going to see where my, my, my weight is. And the goal is to not go up or go down really. Mm-hmm. And I, and I want a two week shot because of the, the ebb and flow of day to day, right? Because of water up and down. So you know what your new basal metabolic rate is. Yeah. Really. So I have, so I have a good starting point of, okay, when I eat this many calories a day on average, it maintains my weight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now let's go increase right. three or 600. And yes, to right, your point, Sal, now I probably don't need a thousand calories even for heart, but you're right. Kind of a, a generic rule I always did when I had a hard gainer yeah. and he, and he, that would tell me like, Oh, I, I add calories or I eat surplus. I go, Oh, well at a thousand, yeah. you know, I'll give a crazy number because they always, they always underestimated what they were moving and they always overestimated what they were consuming. And so that was a good general and, rule. And they didn't realize that Saturday cause they slept in or whatever it, that, that calorie deficit really screwed up. Mm. The rest of the week, because so that's number one with this. Just like with the cut, with the bulk, figure out your, your how many calories you're burning to stay at your weight, and then add three to six hundred calories to that every day. Yeah, you got to be every single day consistent because you could do this five days a week, Saturday and Sunday be under, and actually negate the bulk completely and find yourself at maintenance. So it needs to be consistent every single day. Now, now part of that is meal prep. Now I'm going to argue. That meal prepping, I'm going to make an argument. I think it's it's so important for cutting as well as bulking, but I'm going to argue it's even more important for bulking because it's really easy to go off the rails with the bulk. It's really easy to not have food prepared for you and, and where you have your meals, and then you're like, oh, I got to eat. Well, I'm on a bulk. Yeah. Easy to go get that well, burger and fries. Well, there's intensity that like you need, you need the food, you need the calories, and so if it's not there ahead of time, a lot of time you'll grab like whatever's the most quick and convenient because – it's justified in, in your pursuit of having to get those calories by all means necessary. Yeah. So this is why I used to make this rule for myself that before I were to do a burger or something like that, I have to hit my, my macro targets first. So, uh, because I also, if there was going to be time, I get some metabolic flexibility. It's in a time where I'm bulking. So if there's a time that I get to have burger and fries or something like that, like I'm going to, I'm going to normally do it on a calorie surplus type of week. Right. So when I do that, though, what I don't want to do is go, oh, it's lunchtime right now. Oh, I haven't ate for like four hours. Now the cravings are cleaned up. I'm going to go run through five guys. It's like, no, I've only got X amount of grams mm-hmm. of, of protein in for the day. I need to hit that target first through like good planned meal. And then, okay, if I'm still hungry later on, then I allow the additional calories to come like that. Because yep. I know that's the other thing that people are going to ask. People are going to ask, okay, you guys are recommending 300, 600 calorie surplus. Where do those calories come from? Mm. Where do you, do you, do you guys prefer them from fat? Do you prefer them from carbs? Do you prefer them from protein? I, I would normally push someone into protein until, in 2K, until we, we push over, let's say, you know, uh, you know, one, one and a half. Yeah. One yeah. and a half. Gram. I'd, I'd push all the way up to one and a half. I'd still push towards protein all the way up to one and a half grams per pound of body weight or until they are digestive issues. Right. So if I have mm-hmm. a client sometimes where I push them, you know, just up to one or a little over a one and we're eating their surplus in protein and they come back and they tell me things like constipation mm. or they feel like, like a rock. gas. Yeah. yeah or yeah. gas or things. Okay. Then I, then I, I would go to, to probably mm-hmm. carbohydrates as a, as a source of their, their calories. But typically I like to push 
towards the protein. Well, I'll tell you, for bulking, for me, uh, meal prepping was a game changer because when I didn't, I either underate and didn't realize it, or I'd try to make up for it by eating these huge, just garbage feel yeah. filled meals. And then you didn't hit protein, and then you overconsumed carbs, sugar. And I just gained and, tons of body fat. Yeah, so, yeah. but when I did it right, like I knew, like oh, thirty three hundred calories. Like here's thirty three hundred calories. Here's my meals. And then the bulk was like it was muscle, and I felt so good. So meal prep is really important for bulking, especially for somebody who thinks that they have lots of room. Like oh, I can bulk. I'm gonna go crazy with this. Like. You know, what'll end up happening, and this used to happen to me, is I'd gain 20 pounds in a bulk, then I'd do a cut, and I'd go back down to where I was before. It's like, well, that was a big waste yeah. of time. Yeah, all that effort for yeah. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Here's another thing. Start your day off early. If you're trying to eat high calories, you're really going to be screwed if your first meal is, you know, 10 a.m., okay? You get behind the eight ball. So having an, a good meal in the beginning sets you up. Otherwise, you play this catch-up game where you start hitting the end of the day, and you're like, oh, my God. Dinner's left. I have 1,700 calories the, left. The biggest hack for me for this, as you know, considering myself a hard gainer and even like talking to any clients that struggle with getting enough protein take was making breakfast always the leftover dinner plus eggs. Just eggs tend to go like almost every meat. I don't care if I'm having bison, turkey, ground beef, yeah. chicken. Yeah. Like I just, for dinner, we're making three, four X, the serving amount that I need for dinner that night. The yep. leftovers then add scrambled four eggs and some cheese on there. If you can handle cheese, throw some rice in your set. And, and you got yourself a super high protein meal yep. that tastes bomb. Um, and easy because eggs are really easy to whip up and then to heat up the food that you was prepared with the night. Like, that was, and if that's not first meal, it's second meal. Like I love, I know I, we we work with creatures of habit now, and that's now become like one of my favorite staples morning. But that those two is a one and two type of meals to start your projection on protein for the day high before noon. That was such a hack for me to go by noon. I need to have X amount of protein in. If I did that, it all I always I always hit my protein. Which is also it's, good for regulating your blood sugar and everything. Right, else totally. The the by too, the way, so. that that's a great first meal is uh, either depending on how much how many calories you need one uh creatures of habit packet so it's like 30 grams of protein 40 grams of carbs think eight grams of fat and some scrambled eggs or two packets yeah. have two packets of it you got 60 grams of protein 80 grams of carbs you have a high calorie uh, you know breakfast and yes. it's easy and whatever but yeah start your day off well because what i would always screw up or when i would see clients screw up with a bulk is when they'd get behind the eight ball and then they get home from work and they're like they have to make up all these calories right it always it always ended up you know, turning bad that way. And a blessed just feel like crap. Like you eat a huge meal before you go to bed, which some people would do to try and make up for the lack of calories. Then their sleep was Yay. interrupted and totally getting into sleep, which is all part of this whole process of like being able to build, like you need adequate sleep for all the magic to happen. And so to cut into that with eating too late, I know for me is a huge factor to that. Like it's, it's going to totally like disrupt and then you're going to be behind because now you're gonna make different decisions the next day too. And yep. you get the cravings yep. when you're lacking sleep. So it's, it's just one of those things that kind of spirals. Yep. I, I want to, as we're going through these, I also want to give like these either hacks or epiphanies that we had, you know, through going through all the different bulks. Yeah. And one of the first ones that come to mind, and again, I'm reliving this conversation I just had with my sister-in-law and, so, and we're trying to technically bulk, right? We're trying to increase our calories. And, uh, you know, something that is, I had no idea until I actually really started tracking like this was uh, how little of meat you get when you eat out. Uh, pretty standard, almost all restaurants and like sandwich shops. So that's four, four ounces of meat is what they serve. So you get a big old 
Togo's turkey avocado sandwich, which used to be like yeah. one of my favorite sandwiches. To get it's like 25 kid. grams Dude. of protein. Bro, it's four, it's four ounces, not even that. Dude. It's oh, like, yeah. And part of that's from the bread, right? So right. Like, Subway's the worst. They're all like that. So they all, the four ounces is the standard serving size of meat on a large sandwich, not on a regular or a small, on a large sandwich. So understanding that if you go to Chipotle and places like that, four ounces is what's in the, the spoon. So doubling your meat up on, on servings that you're having or getting it inside of a, a, a bowl instead of having it on, on a bunch of bread, which ends up yep. taking up. 800 calories of your day of carbohydrates. And then now you're high on your calories, but low on your protein. Like understanding that when I made food choices for lunch made a huge difference for me because I was a big sandwich eater for most of my life and always struggled with hitting my protein intake. Totally. Which takes us to the next point, which is eat high protein. So of the macronutrients, now they all contribute to muscle gain in some way or another, but protein is directly related to muscle gain. And if you have high calories, but your protein is low, um, you're not going to build as much muscle than if your calories are the same high, but your protein is high. It just, it just builds more muscle. And since the goal here is not to gain body fat, but rather build muscle, speed up the met metabolism, do all that great stuff, then we want to prioritize protein. So really what you do is your meals should be built around your protein. So if you know you need to eat 150 grams of protein a day, let's say that's your body weight. So you want to eat your, your, your body weight in grams of protein. And you're going to have... Uh, you know, three meals that day. Well, each meal needs to have 50 grams of protein. So make sure you have your 50 grams of protein there and then you, do, you, you organize your meal around that. What you don't want to do is just look at the total meal and not consider the protein because, again, if you eat a 3,000 calorie uh, me, uh, you know, diet and your protein's low versus a 3,000 calorie diet and your protein's high, one of them builds more muscle than the other. And one of them results in less body fat. This is, a, this is quite proven. It's, there's many, many studies on this. So your protein needs to be the kind of center focus of your diet. Uh, okay. Also, an important point around that. Um, this was also something that kind of blew my mind when I started. Okay. When you say 50 grams of protein, 50 grams of, of a protein meal, that's a big protein meal for the yeah. average person. You, you need to wrap your brain around what that looks. An eight-ounce chicken breast is only like 36 that's right. grams. So think of uh, the so eight ounces like, of those big like old ounces. Yeah. So you, you need like one and a half of those to, to hit your 15 grams. So that was the other thing is you like you get clients who'd be like, oh, I eat lots of protein because they eat meat at every serving. Or every, have two eggs for breakfast. Right. They have, yeah. they have exactly. They have eggs for breakfast, one or two on, a, on yeah. something. And then they have a lunch where they have chicken and rice, whatever. That sounds good. And then dinner, they have steak. Oh, that sounds like they eat a lot of protein. Not if the servings are four to six ounces. They're four to six ounces and you're not a, a, a 97 pound little girl and you actually need 130, 140, 150 plus grams of protein. That's actually a you know lot what's of funny. Meat. Use the yeah. example of a 90, 97 pound girl A 97 pound girl who wants to bulk is going to have to eat about hundred grams of protein. You know how hard that is? Yes. For someone who only weighs yeah. hundred pounds. Which is why I bring that up. That means she's eating three different meals that have a good six to eight ounces of chicken. That's in it. right. That's a lot. That's right. So, so here's some tips. Here's, here's a, uh, this is a hack, right? This is a great hack is track your calories and your protein. And at the end of the day, uh, an hour after dinner or so, look at your totals and see how much protein you're off by. And that's when you add a shake. That's how I, mm -hmm. that is yeah. my favorite way. It's a very easy way to hit your protein targets. That, that is my favorite way to use whey, right? That's my favorite way to do that is, is to use it as an, an emergency. I just had, that's exactly what I was talking to my sister-in-law. I said, listen, I said, uh, I don't want you using protein powders and bars. And she's like, huh? 
She's like, I thought they were healthy for me. I'm like, yeah, I know. That's how we've marketed to you guys. Is yeah, that they're a they're health health. food item? Yeah, it, I said it's it's better than you going to the gas station and getting fire Cheetos. Yes, okay. And so if that's in a, if that's yeah, what I have, Cheetos, right? If that's what you're, I'm going to pull over get some fire Cheetos or I have the protein bar. We'll have the damn protein bar. But the goal should be actually to eat whole foods yep. all day long. And then at the end of the day, when you're adding in your fat secret to see what, and you're like, oh shit, I'm still 30, 40 grams from my protein That's take. Shake. Go make a shake real quick. And now I'm now I'm either closer or I hit my protein target. Yeah. That's how I want to And it to makes eat. it easy. And usually when people are off, they're off by anywhere between 30 to 50 grams of protein. That's a shake. That's a shake. Mix it in water if you want to be real precise. And many shakes today are almost only protein. So it's a really yeah. easy way. It becomes really crucial for someone like her to do that when you're even further in the hole, right? You talk about quality of protein when yeah. you're, when you're, and like, if you look at your day and you're at, you know, 60 grams of protein and I'm telling you, you need 150, like, yeah, you definitely need to make sure you have that shake before you go to bed because of it, you're, you're missing out on all the potential from all this weight training that we're doing. Yep. That's the other part that was hard to help her make that connection is like, you know, you're, you're working out five days a week. And then you're wondering why you're not getting rewarded for it because you're not giving your body the building blocks to go do any go do Doesn't anything with materials. What you, yeah, yep. all you're really doing is burning calories right now. You're getting and then the exercise for your heart. So good job, exercise for your heart. Good job, you're burning calories, but you're sending the signal for the body to build muscle, but then you're not giving it the building blocks it in order to happen. do that. And so the metabolism is not going to speed. That's up. right. Uh, so the next point, and this is really important because one of the biggest hurdles for anybody who's on a bulk especially when you're eating high protein in a calorie surplus or digest digestion issues. Like if you start to feel bloated or overstuffed or full or gassy, it's going to be very, very hard for you to hit any more of your targets. It's going to be really hard for you to eat more calories and more protein. Then it just feels like you're stuffing your face and that's not, that doesn't feel good. That leads to inconsistency. It also leads to a poor relationship with food, which I don't like to promote, even in the context of, hey, we need to bulk, you know, type of deal. So eat foods that are easily digestible. You're eating more calories anyway. You want to be able to assimilate these calories. Now, for most people, uh, the, 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 the worst offenders when it comes to digestive issues include gluten, so wheat and wheat-containing types of foods, Dairy, that's another common one. And then typically it's just ultra, really greasy or ultra processed foods. Like fast foods tend to fall in this category. It's like you could eat 700 calories of, you know, foods that you prepared yourself that include things like rice and chicken thighs or, you know, some high quality ground beef and some vegetables. Or you could buy something at a restaurant, don't know what oils you're using, what they're frying things up in, what they're cooking things in. And then that you could feel dramatically different depending on on what they put in the food. And when you feel bad, it's really hard to continue down this, this path. So really focusing heavily on easily digestible foods makes a huge difference. Here's here's another one. I, ho I hope my poor sister-in-law doesn't mind me throwing her <laughs> I mean, this conversation is just so... Just I, mean, I just had this conversation and she she does represent a lot of clients that I, I used to have and the, and the typical challenges. So I'm telling her she we need to we need to increase her, her proteins. We're at a thousand calories. We're only getting sixty grams of protein, right? And she's not a, a ninety pounds, right? So she try she's way underneath. And the 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 thing that I'm looking at is I'm like, okay, we got we have to at least get you up to like 110, 120. So we're way underneath that. Well, then her response to me is, you know, Adam, every time I eat protein though, I feel like it it sits like me in my like a rock. 
So any guesses on what was dramatically off in her diet, uh, what I can look at, I'm looking at her fat secret for two weeks. Not enough fiber? Fiber. Five yeah. grams of fiber on average a day. Mm. Someone her you size need the fiber should be to move that yeah. 20 to 25 grams a day. She's and I, you're five times mm. under about what normal should be yeah. for where, where you're currently at right now. So it ain't the protein, but she has made the connection that it's the protein. Because it happens, yeah, when she that's, eats it. That's right. It happens after she eats it. So, and of course, you know, and explaining that to her is like, that's because your your fiber is yeah. unbelievably low. So talking about digestive issues, yep. mm -hmm. that's also one of the Support most common things I would see with somebody who feels like a high protein diet really backs them up or they have a time. It's well, what ends up happening is you go high protein, you end up doing low carbohydrates and you're eating healthy. So there's not a lot of fiber fiber in the food that you're eating, if you're grossly under consuming fiber every single day, you're going to get filled backed up yeah, like that. You know what is some good kind of like uh, some really good foods uh, for this category? Like Well-cooked vegetables. So if you really cook them well, boil them, cook them so that they're even mushy, easy to digest, and they help the digestive process. White rice is an excellent uh, source of carbohydrates, easy to, uh, to, to digest. Most proteins or meats are, are good for or easy to digest for some people. Some people have issues with really, really fatty cuts. So then maybe go towards the, the kind of leaner cuts. Uh, fruits, for the most part, berries are an excellent berries source of Berries are the fiber. best. Berries, uh, strawberries, blackberries, blueberries. Yeah, they're really uh, good. Raspberries are the best. They are the the highest on antioxidants. They have a great source of fiber. They're, and low, they're low, low calorie. Yep. So they're, they're, the, they're some of the lowest on calories slash sugar but they're the highest on fiber and antioxidants in, in re relation to the calories. So you could have a big old, you know, I, like she was, she was already eating the, uh, you know, the um, meal one from, um, or protagonist is what it was back then, right? For uh, Creatures of Habit. And I'm like, you can throw a whole other cup of berries in there, blueberries in there, yeah. throw that in there. Like get, we need to get that fiber up five times where it's at right now. So that becomes, an, and it's not going to add a ton more calories. Exactly. To their diet, pretty high, easy. High, a huge, huge bang for the buck yeah. is what you get with something like that. All right, the next uh, important point is to focus on gaining strength. So here's the deal. If you're on a calorie surplus and your body weight is going up and you're not getting stronger, we have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> you're probably not gaining muscle. You should be getting stronger in a bulk. If you're not getting stronger, the odds that you're gaining body fat and not muscle are high. If you're weight is going up, but your strength is going up a lot, the odds that you're gaining muscle in that process are very high. So strength is my favorite metric to look at when bulking. Because I know this with clients and with myself, if I'm on a bulk and we're doing this and you're not getting stronger and your weight's going up, I'm like, okay, let's back off for a second. Let's figure out what's going on. And usually it's the workout. Usually the workout sucks. So you have to have good workout programming. Yeah. You still have to amplify that strength building signal. I mean, that's that's all part of the process of building muscle, which is, you know, the bulk side of it is our focus is really is to build muscle. So if I'm going to gain weight, I want it to consist of muscle mass as much as possible. So that includes weight training as, as a big part of that, you know, and we'll get to sort of like cardio and all that, but that, that is definitely something your metrics is strength in the gym. And then how can you I should feed myself really, to fuel that? More? You should see really good strength gains. My, my bulking guys, uh, get this, my, girls struggled with this. My female clients that I, I would try and explain this to them. Again, my sister, I love you if she's listening to this. And I think she's just a classic example of the challenges that I think this client, these clients have. And I'm talking about her training. Now we get to that portion. And uh, she's been following MAPS programs for uh, months now consistently. 
and she's having a, 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 a real hard time in this area, right? And I go, um, when was the last time that you increased the weight on your squat or increased the weight on your deadlift or increased the weight on your shoulder? She goes, oh, I pretty much do the, the same yeah. weights that I, I, yeah. I always do. And her, you know what she said back to me was, well, don't you always say that my mobility is more important? So I've been really trying to focus on that. I'm not trying to put a bunch of weight on. I'm trying to get you know deeper in my squat, right? So she, yeah. And I said, okay. I said she misunderstood a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I said fair enough. I said, and and I, I don't ever, I would never want to say, uh, you know, oh, don't worry about mobility anymore. Just put lots of weight on the bar. Yeah, you don't like, sacrifice form. Yeah, they're 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 equally important. But when we are talking specifically about speeding your metabolism up, building muscle, it goes in the order of what we've already talked about. The way we need to feed it, the way we need to take care of your body. That's first and foremost. Now we need to send a good signal inside the gym. And if you're doing the same weights, the same kind of, even though you're changing your maps routine up, but you're, you're not challenging yourself weight wise to get stronger in the gym, then the body, you're not demanding that the body adds muscle. Right. If you throw more weight on it and afterwards it goes, Whoa, that was, that was new or that was hard or that was more than I've ever done. You send a loud signal to the body to say, Hey, we need to adapt. We need to build muscle. If we're not sending that loud signal, then even if yeah. we're eating in this calorie surplus, not much is going to happen as far as building muscle this is when you hit prs mm -hmm. when you hit prs and lifts or when you get to your strongest ever it's when you're in a bulk so that's what you should expect not that you're going to hit prs every time but rather you should expect to feel like your stronger self when you're in this particular that's exactly that, and this is exactly what i said to her i said don't get so hung up on how much i'm telling you but your goal should be hey you squatted last week and let's say you were working on depth and range of motion don't ne now neglect that still do that but now put a little more weight on them than what you did last week. Add four pounds. Yeah. Two pounds. Exactly. Add some weight to where it was before and then just slowly, but your goal each time we come into these sessions should be challenging yep. yourself a little now bit. Now here's a mistake some people will make. So they're, they're on a bulk, they're doing everything right. They start to get stronger. They have more energy, obviously, because they have more calories. Then they just start ramping the volume through the roof with mm -hmm. their training. Mm -hmm. This is a big mistake. This is one that I always run into myself personally. And that'll stop your progress right in your tracks. You overtrain while you're bulking, you're just going to get fatter. So be very careful to not add tons of exercises and volume just because you feel good. You're supposed to feel energized and good. That doesn't mean you necessarily need to do more. And the other thing is uh, get strong at the big lifts. Like that's really what I care about with my clients. So if, so if I'm training someone and I'm putting them in a bulk, I don't care if their curl went up or the tricep press down went up or, you know, okay, that's fine if it did. What I care about is, is your bench higher? Are you rowing yeah. more? How's your squat and your deadlift? What about your overhead press? That's where you'll see the big strength gains. And that's where you get the most bang for your buck. Cause you go up, you know, you go up 30 pounds in your squat. That's a lot of potential muscle that you're building. I actually think that's really good. Carry over there. I think that's actually really good general advice for the, <sighs> you know, general pop that's listening to this yeah. about a bulk would be like, I look at those big lifts. Those four or five main lifts and like just focus. Those on, are the important ones. Yeah, to get just stronger. focus on those. Yeah. And and even to your point, even if you're just adding the two and a half pounds each each week, you know, just a, a incrementally a little bit more. But just stressing and challenging the body a little bit more is going to send that loud signal to to build muscle. Bro, they make weights that are magnets, and yeah. I experimented with this where They're you can the two add and a half, half right? Is that that no less, half a pound. Yeah. You uh, literally, you, you you literally, the strategy was, and I've done this before, where I just add a half a pound to every lift, to the, every major lift every week. And at the end of the week or at the end of the month, I should say, you know, you're up two to four pounds on a lift. You do this over the course of three months and your your strength gains are, have gone up yeah, quite a bit. It's just incremental progressive overload. It's pretty interesting to see what happens. With yeah. That. So, I mean, I, I, that's not a be all end all. But my point with this is if you get stronger while you're bulking, you're probably going in the right direction. 
if you're not getting stronger and you're bulking and the weight is going up on the scale, you got to reevaluate everything because what probably is happening is you're probably uh, gaining body fat. All right, here's the next one. This one's really important, and that is to get eight to nine hours of sleep. Not your normal seven to eight, but eight to nine hours of sleep. This one is huge, like huge. You I've want to revert with, back to like being a baby. Dude, I've worked with clients where all we did, we had them you know, eat a little extra calories or lifting weights, and we're seeing some progress, and then I hammered the sleep thing. And within a week of them getting, like, making sure they get eight to nine hours of sleep every night, their strength gains went through the roof. I've experienced this uh, myself. This, by the way, is old school muscle building wisdom. The old time lifters used to talk about this. They would talk about getting a full seven to eight hours at night and getting a nap in the middle of the day. So they're, you know, totaling eight to this nine This is hours. what I think of right away for us yeah. modern times is the, uh, the sun and caffeine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Making sure that you get some natural light outside for 20 minutes or so a day early on in your day. To set and, that circadian rhythm. Yep, to, set, to, to set that up. Minimizing the amount of caffeine you do. Definitely shutting it down well before or at noon for your day. Uh, otherwise, those two big things I feel is like some of the biggest culprits disrupting sleep mm -hmm. and just getting my clients to kind of tune those in made a world so of difference. So caffeine, Ooh. which is interesting, caffeine, one of the things I would do with people who had trouble bulking is I'd have them cut their caffeine in half, mainly because it, they'd slept because they were tired and they'd sleep so hard and we'd save a little bit of caffeine for before the workout. And even though it was kind of hard, you'd see their muscle gains go up. That's a big one, by the way. Even if you have caffeine at 6 a.m., people don't realize this. They'll, oh, I have it at 6 a.m. It's not a big deal. It still affects your sleep. Yeah. Try mm -hmm. In fact, try going down to 1.30 your normal caffeine and see if you don't sleep like a baby, you know, that night. It makes a huge difference. And then what you said about the sunlight is, I think, so important, especially with the in the era of working indoors on uh, computers. Yep. All right, here's this next one. Uh, minimize your cardio. Okay, now before everybody freaks out. <laughs> everybody freaks out when we talk about cardio. Uh, you want to have a certain level of cardiovascular health, and you want to have activity. What you don't want to do is fall into this trap that a lot of people would fall into back in the day, especially when I was a kid, which was I lifted weights, and then I didn't move at all all day long for fear that I'd burn calories and potentially rob my muscles of gains, right? That was terrible because actually that 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 was detrimental. It actually causes a decline in health, mobility, and you actually don't build as much muscle as when you're healthy and moving. Now, I say minimize cardio because there are people who go from cut to bulk and they go from their hour of cardio a day to their hour of cardio a day in addition with the higher calories and all that stuff. And they get some effects from the bulk, but they're just doing way too much damn cardio. Like cut it down and make the focus, the strength training. And I, in, in, in my well, experience- they're just competing signals. Yeah. If you're really trying to maximize the benefits of the bulk, it's a, it's a competing signal to the body. You know, one of them is, is being efficient in the, with calories. The other is being less efficient with calories. So it's, I, you know, I wish we, I wish we came up with like a, um, like a, like a baseline recommendation that we think everybody should be able to do cardiovascular wise is like, so that we have this like fallback. Like as long line. as you stay, you can yeah. do right. Like, like, let's say you were like, we would say something like, you know, run, run a mile under eight and a half minutes. Like you need to be able to do that. You should be doing at least, you know, seven to 10,000 steps a day. And if not, you should be doing at least 30 minutes of moderate. To so I, I like the seven like, to 10,000. That's what I tell people. Seven to 10,000 steps. I don't care how you get it. Just if you well, hit that every day. That's fine. the biggest thing is, yeah. is activity. And I think that that's, that's where this kind of goes uh, in a different direction for me. If I'm talking to somebody that just sits all day and then only has that one hour a day mm -hmm. to get any kind of activity, yeah, that's that's a necessary thing for you to do yeah. uh, to, to keep promoting the fact that your body needs to move and build. 
Um, otherwise, you know, you're going to get, you're not going to get the good effects of the bulk either. So to, to remain active, but, but have it benefit you in terms of recovery is, is sort of the focus. Well, I like that. I like that suggestion too, because just the, the, the benefits too, of the, um, helping facilitate recovery faster, Yep. Yep. just getting up and moving and pumping blood and oxygen. Studies show that's a little bit of cardio, like an appropriate amount that keeps you healthy, helps the muscle building process. So it doesn't hurt it. It helps it. It's when people... When their workouts, when you look at their workout plans and you notice they're doing as much time doing cardio as strength training or more, that's when I go, uh-uh. Your strength training needs to be the the cornerstone. If you're trying to gain- That's another good generic way of saying it. I think that's yeah. a good way of saying it like that. If it's if it's the cornerstone where, it, in that's other words, it. you you if you spend three hours lifting weights and three and a half hours of cardio you're, and you're trying to bulk, you've got this upside down. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I would typically tell people uh, 10 minutes after breakfast, lunch, and dinner of walking, 30 minutes a day. And then if you want to do a, co- a few days a week or a couple days a week of 30 minutes of cardio, that's totally fine. Or if you like to be athletic, um, I see no problem in throwing some sprints or some conditioning in your workout, like driving the sled or farmer walks or stuff like that, which gives you some cardiovascular conditioning. It's when people do the like, and, and again, this would typically, I'm stereotyping, but usually this would female clients where they would do their 45 minutes uh, of strength training, you know, good focused routine training, you know, uh, compound lifts trying to get stronger. Everything looks good. And then they follow it up with 45 minutes or an yeah. hour of cardio. And I go, well, yeah. the, the majority of workout was cardio. Yeah. This is going to hurt us. So that's okay. You're doing 45 minutes of strength training, 20 minutes of cardio. Let's do it that way. At least, you know, half the time doing the strength training, do the cardio. Let's do something like that. Look, if you like our information, head over to mindpumpfree.com and check out our guides. We have guides that can help you with almost any health or fitness goal. You can also find all of us on social media. So Justin is on Instagram at MindPumpJustin. Adam is on Instagram at MindPumpAdam. And you can find me only on Twitter at MindPumpSal. Thank you for listening to MindPump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at MindPumpMedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.